Welcome to Breakthrough Cocktail. We're mixing up happiness, good life skills, and adding a dash of improv to help you live an awesome life. Please give it up for your breakthrough mixologist, Gary Ware. Welcome to another episode of Breakthrough Cocktail with Gary Ware, your host. And today I have two awesome guests, the owners of BrilliantLivingHQ.com. I have Catherine Bryant and Jillian Illman. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you thank very you, much, Gary. Gary. It's great to be here. It really yes. is. All the way from the UK. We yeah, I know. To you. Yes, we have them all the way in from the UK across the pond. Uh, thank goodness for modern technology. Yeah, brilliant. Yes, and before we start, uh, I'd like to say congratulations. You guys just launched a book, which I have right here. Change of order. Thank you. Fantastic. Yes. I love to see that. <laughs> yeah. Very I, exciting. So happy for you. I, I have it on my list of awesome things to do to write a book. And so I'm inspired. Uh, I just got it in the mail. It, this is fresh off the press. So we're going to dive into that today. But before we get started, tell us a little bit about BrilliantLivingHQ.com. Well, BrilliantLivingHQ, BrilliantLivingHQ.com is where we live. <laughs> sort of, yeah, not not really, but um, in internet terms. And it's a website and it's a sort of concept and it's really about using mind tools to help us live better lives. That's what we're really about. So at BrilliantLivingHQ.com, we've got a blog there. We've got some sort of mind tool type products that we've made ourselves and we like just talking about things where people can get to be better. And because it's a, an internet business, we wanted to make it so it was accessible to people. So we've made all the products downloadable. So if people do want to make some changes in their life, they've got a, an easy point to go to and to start downloading and, and actioning straight away. Cool. Awesome. And it wouldn't be a Breakthrough Cocktail podcast without finding out what are you drinking. So what are you fine folks drinking this afternoon? Well, I am English, of course, so it has to be English Earl Grey tea by Twinings. Awesome. And I have just settled for a regular glass of water. Ah, uh, there is nothing <laughs> wrong with I to say something water. exotic, Gary, like a... Uh, uh, a Russian cocktail or something like this, but I couldn't think of anything. No, <laughs> so just a glass of water. A glass of water is fine. And so, if it if you had to pick a cocktail, what kind of cocktail would you pick? Mm. Wow. Mm. <laughs> now that's an interesting one because, to be quite honest, we're not actually great drinkers, are we? I mean, we we like drinking. We're not teetotal or anything like that. Mine would have but, to be pina colada. Yeah, so I think that would be mine, which is a bit boring probably for everybody, but. So you just can't beat that sort of rum and cream and pineapple. Yeah. I mean, uh, what's not to like about that? Yeah. No, yeah. I, I love a good pina colada. And it wouldn't be a pina colada without a little, uh, one of those uh, umbrellas that you Yeah, you have the umbrella, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> and a bit of pineapple or something in the top, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, now that's fun. Uh, for myself, I'm just drinking my Athletic Greens. I've been drinking this every morning for the last... Seems like a few months. And no, it is not water from a pond. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're looking good on it, Gary. Yeah, thank the you. water from the pond. Yeah. <laughs> and if it was, it would be very tasty. But these are my daily supplement of greens just to make sure that I'm getting enough minerals and whatnot. Uh, and maybe there are enough minerals in a pond. I should maybe test that out. <laughs> uh, 
You could do an A-B split test on it, maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll do one month athletic greens <laughs> and one month uh, water from a pond, and I can record what my mood's like and see, hey, maybe there's something about that. And I can bottle that and sell that. Yes, I'm liking your thinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, all right, let's get started. Let's jump into the book, Changeability. Uh, before we get into the techniques, give me some thoughts on what provoked you to write this book. Well, I wrote the book, Gary, and it's um, what happened was that I've been interested in personal development techniques for a long time, first of all as part of my job, but also in my own life as well. And, and I sort of like reading books and, I, and, and sort of learning about all these things for myself and looking on the internet, doing courses and stuff. But one of the things that I've, I've sort of found for me is that there's lots of people who write about one or two of the different techniques or they've got their own favorite way of doing something. So it might be about affirmations or meditation or something like that. But what I wanted something, always what I was looking for was something that pulled it all together so I could see how all the various different bits slotted together. And so I, I sort of, you know, you sort of almost get there sometimes, but then there's just something you think, yeah, but but why? Why would I do that? And why would I do that? And where? And what would I do first? And all that. So basically, I set out to do that for myself and to write something that showed people. Well, it's actually about ten techniques that how they all fit together, why they work, why I'm even suggesting people use them. Because that's another thing. I'm sort of rather. British in that respect and I, and I want to know it works and I want it to be logical and um, so I've tried really hard to to look into all of those reasons and to also at the same time to put it across in a way that's easy to understand without going into too many ins and outs. And, and for some time you know for, for us at various stages in one's life you you reach a point where change happens within your life and we were going through some changes at home uh, we were going through some changes at work we had a change of government and with that came certain sort of realizations about the sort of quality of life we were having and experiencing and we wanted to look at that particular quality of life and see if we could improve it absolutely and um for myself um there, there, there came a time well it, it was to do with um Sometimes things happen in your life and they make you stop and think about what you're doing. Yeah. And I think there's lots of different times, you know, maybe if you have a child, if you get married, that sort of thing. And one of the things that happens to people that often makes them stop and think about it, which is what happened to me, was around the death of somebody in your family. So for me, it was um, the, the death of actually both of my parents within a fairly short time. Um, and... One and one of those was in rather sort of uh, nasty circumstances, in, in as much as um, it it was a hit and run accident that my father was involved in, and then um, just a few years later, my mum died. And what it does is it makes you think about your mortality. Now, of course, we all know we're mortal, but it actually makes you think about how you're spending your hours and what you're doing with them. Yeah, about and, the quality of yeah, your life. Yeah, about the quality of your life, and and that's what it did with me, really. I mean, at the time, I didn't necessarily think of it in those terms, but looking back, that's when it started. And then you start thinking about, right, okay, well, am I doing what I want to do with my life? If If not, how can I change it? And what are the things I can do to help me change it? Because change can be really hard for people. Yeah. And I was going through some changes at work as well um, with a change of government over here in Britain. Uh, there were 
thoughts of redundancy which were in evidence within the institution I was working at. And I suppose I felt that it was an opportunity for me to reflect on what I wanted to do with my life at the next step, if, if I was to be made redundant, and how I might do that in a positive way, as well as just have it imposed upon me at the same time. Yeah. And that's really when we, we set up um, Brilliant Living HQ as, yeah. a result of, as a result of that. But yeah, the, 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 it was impetus within our own personal lives as well as bringing together what, what we've been working on and what I've been working on for a long time as well. And, so, our back, and our background is in education, so we had been used to sort of developing people in various scenarios. Catherine worked with uh, apprentices and I was working in higher education, helping young people consider the benefits of higher education. I'd also been a, a lecturer as well. So, you know, we were in, in the process of developing people as well. So it was a natural extension of that in many ways. Uh, perfect. And with this book, you're saying, yes, we can go out and set out goals and we can try to lose weight. But if we don't change our mindset and the way that we're thinking, it may make it harder. Correct? That's right. So... The premise is really that we all want to change something in our lives. Now, that might be a big life change. Like for us, it was around work and our lifestyle because actually we, we quite drastically changed our lifestyles when we changed our work. But it might not be such a big change. It could be that you want to be better at something. You might want to be more productive. You might want to lose weight. You might want to... Um, have better relationships whatever it is I think all of us have got something we'd write like a book. to might want to write a book um Gary um, <laughs> yes. we, we, we've got all got something we want to be better at or improve ourselves in or change in some way but why don't we do it you know the classic thing is the old New Year's Eve um you know down the pub having a few drinks and, and setting some some new year's resolutions but often they just don't last so we have a great idea to do these things but it's actually quite hard to make them happen and that's and what i'm saying in the book is that's fine because change can be hard and there's good reasons for why change is hard and it's to do with the way that our minds work and the fact that you know we've got a, a subconscious whose job it is to try and maintain us in in our comfort zone in a way maintain the status quo all the time as far as possible because that's what's going to keep us safe and that's what it wants to do and the book so the book looks at uh, exploring your underlying beliefs and values and looks at ways in which you might help to overcome some of those yeah. uh, unhelpful uh, beliefs and values, if there are unhelpful beliefs and values within your Yeah, so it's about, it's about finding ways in which we can work with our minds to help us all go in the same direction instead of it sort of working against us. Perfect. And to give our listeners just a few, just a taste of the book, you, you mentioned that there are a number of different uh, principles that you speak of and you help people you know, start to put together an action plan. Can you yeah. maybe give just a high-level overview of what those are? And let's maybe dive into one of them just to give them a sample of what's to, uh, in store. Okay, well, but what happens is the book's set out in two parts. So the first part, which is a shorter part, is really around the sort of concept of changeability and the theory and about a little bit about how our minds work so that people can understand what, why we're doing what we're doing in the second part. And the second part is 10 steps. It's a 10 step program. And it starts off on a sort of fairly normal way. So it's about starting out being clear on your vision, which is really another way of saying 
setting goals. It's, it's a sort of fancy way of set, talking about setting Deciding goals. Deciding what you want from Deciding what you want and, and what it is you want to change and what you want that changed life to look like. And, you know, that lots of programs will do that. But it is, that's because it is really important for people to do it. And it's something that we all know we should be doing, but often we don't do. And then, and so that's number one. And then it moves through a series of, of different steps. So now the second step is about, okay, that's where you want to get to. But the bit that most people miss out all the time is step two, which is where you are now. So it's about looking at um, what it is that might be stopping you getting to where you want to be, looking at those limiting beliefs, etc. And then we go through some steps to... Um, identify those beliefs that might be holding you back because all of us have got these little voices in our heads that are talking to us and and telling us things that um about you know or you're no good at that or you know or, or you know who people do you like think? me can never get rich yeah whatever whatever, it is, whatever yeah. it is you want you want to do or i can never be doing that and it's about identifying what is it that we're saying to ourselves inside and then it goes through some steps to do something about that so the first thing is to get rid of those thoughts. So there's a little technique about letting them go, which is sort of deceptively simple, really. Uh, but it's very important for people to try and do that. And, and really, it is very quick. You can do it very quickly. And then the next step is about, step four is really about replacing those limiting beliefs with empowering beliefs, things that are going to make us want to behave in the way that we need to behave to get us to whatever it is we want to change. And, you know, another way of saying that really is um, affirmations, which I'm sure a lot of people will have heard of, positive affirmations. Um, and there's an, the next step sort of comes in behind that, which is about visualizing where it is you want to be, as if you are already there. You know, it's a fantastic technique which is used by... Sports, sports, sports people all over the world, all the sort of elite athletes and everything, they, they use a visualization. There's nothing sort of weird about it. We all use it actually every day when we're thinking what we're going to do. Um, so it's about doing that, but in a very focused way. And um, so a lot of that is to do with thinking about where we want to get to. But one of the other really important things which is step six, is to appreciate where we are now. Because being happy and setting goals and all that, it's, it's not all about the future. Because we've got now, this is our life now that we're living in. And if we can be happy in where we are now or appreciate what we're doing now, in fact, we're much more likely to get to make the changes we want, we want, to, want to change. And then in order to make all this happen, we have to take action. Now, this is where we sort of part ways a little bit with things like um, law, of attraction. law of attraction and stuff like that. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's about, okay, we've got all these great ideas. We're thinking about it. We're improving our beliefs, but we have to actually make do something to make it happen and for it's it to become regular, reality. consistent yeah, action, really, isn't it? It is. And then also about getting to um, be accountable. So, for example, we met, didn't we, through a mastermind day uh, in beautiful San Diego with uh, Pat Flynn and Chris Ducker. And really that sort of idea is about being accountable. And we just know that if you find a way of being accountable to someone or a group, 
much more likely to take action and do it. So that's why it's so good to, to have a way of doing that. And also, um, while we're doing all this, one of the other steps is about mindful meditation. And really, mindfulness is, in, in a nutshell, about being able to be present, be in the present yeah, moment. Yeah, be present in any, in any given moment. And, and give your full attention to that moment. We spend a lot of time either living in the past or projecting on what our worst fears might be into the future. Uh, and we, we, spend, we often can spend large parts of our day not actually being present within that, the actual only moment we have, which is the present moment. Yeah. yeah. So mindfulness is a very important part of that technique as well. It is. And the, and the thing about uh, meditation, which is one of the you know, best ways of sort of grounding yourself and being mindful in the moment is that it helps you to focus. So, in fact, that's really what it is. It's about focusing on something. Now, like the method we talk about is a really sort of simple method, which is about thinking about your breath coming in and out and, and sort of letting your thoughts sort of float out of your mind sort of thing. But one of the things that people might not realize is that there are lots of businesses using meditation now. I mean, massive businesses like Google are putting on courses for their people on mindfulness and meditation and the reason they're doing it is because it makes people perform better mm. and there's been quite a lot of um, uh, studies done now about, about mindfulness and meditation and it helps you to focus. And being aware of the breath you're very much aware uh, as you concentrate on your breath, or as you focus, as you bring your attention to your breath, you're very much aware of thoughts which come in to take you away from your thought about your breath. So you're aware all of a sudden that you're not necessarily living in the present moment. So it's a, it's a very useful technique for, for grounding us, really. Yeah. And then basically the last sort of step is about reflecting on what we do and celebrating any wins however small because so often we're just like right got to get to the next stage got to get to the next stage got to do that I mean I've done it myself so many times you hardly pause to actually acknowledge what you've already achieved and how well you've done and, um, and, and to look back on your journey as well and, yeah. to, and to, to think about that journey I think we ought to probably give a little bit of a definition of changeability which is yes. the, title, <laughs> the title of the book yeah uh, we hit on the on the, the title changeability because it is essentially about developing your ability <laughs> to make changes in your life, and so that's really how it came about. And actually, yeah, the subtitle is "Manage Your Mind, Change Your Life." So it is really about looking at ways in which we can manage our minds or mind management to help us make changes in our life, and also to just to be happier, more productive. And at the end of the day. Isn't that what everyone wants to do? Uh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, some of the changes people want to make, it's not always about making more money or getting to the next step in our career. I mean, that's important because we've all got to live and we all want to do a job that, that we enjoy and, and fulfills us in some way. But it could also be about developing different characteristics, you know, like having more fun in our lives mm -hmm. or being more enthusiastic or all sorts of things like that. It's not necessarily always about getting to the next level. We spoke with somebody the other day who was having sort of some difficulties with their work and they were saying they'd really like to start their own business but uh, there was a, a few things which were sort of keeping them from, from doing that and uh, we said well you know why haven't you 
why haven't you thought about starting your own business? And they said, well, I just sort of haven't got enough money to really get it up and get it going. And we identified that it was really actually a very small sum of money, which actually they were talking about. But in their mind, it was a, it was a bigger thing. And, and once you know it's a smaller thing, you can then look at techniques to specifically address those particular elements. Yeah. yeah. And so you say limiting beliefs is one of the first things that you need to do. Can you give our listeners a few techniques on how they can identify what those inner voices are telling them that's keeping them from changing? Yeah, well, one of the things I, I would say is if you decide what it is you want to do and then you, um, so you say, right, you're going to write down, very important, write down what your vision is and what your goals are. So say, for example, you had a goal that you wanted to lose weight, which, you know, a lot of people either want to get fitter or lose weight. So say you're, you write down, that I want to be however many pounds it is, or as we would say, stones. <laughs> <laughs> kilograms. Uh, or kilograms. Yes. Um, and then what you do is you look at that and you think about that. And as soon as you start thinking about yourself, your vision of your future, you listen to that little voice in your head that then says to you, yes, but you know, you've always been overweight or, you, or I don't know, it could be something like, it could even be something like, diets yeah, never work for me. Diets never work or actually, you know, most of the thin people I know are really miserable because they don't have enough to eat or something like that. And actually, <laughs> that's not actually what I think. <laughs> but, um, and so what you're doing is you're trying to catch yourself thinking those thoughts and you can do it once you're aware of it you will do it and you will find it and then it's a matter of actually thinking about those thoughts and thinking now do I actually know that that's true is it true that thin people are miserable well no of course it's not or is it true that I am naturally fat or whatever it is. I mean, it could, it could be anything. And this could be about money. Money's another one. Lots of people have a lot of limiting beliefs around money. And they have thoughts about, um, you know, wealthy people being greedy or selfish and all that sort of thing. And yet we know there's loads of examples of people that um, are very wealthy and actually very generous, giving philanthropy, you know, philanthropists, um, <clears throat> helping people out in their community so it's it's about identifying it and then talking to yourself and realizing that okay that is not actually true or is it actually true and if it's not true why why am i thinking it and is it helping me get to where i want to be is thinking like this helping me get to acting in a way that I need to act to get to make the changes in my life. Am I making some sort of false assumption about myself? Or am I making some sort of generalization about myself based on some sort of trait, like all thin people are miserable? Ah, and so you're saying through these generalizations, your brain actually starts to believe them. Is that yeah. what That's you're right. That's right. Because all the time we're reinforcing our thoughts our beliefs, our underlying values. I mean, we all have them because it's just uh, the result of growing up. 
you know, we all have things that people have said to us, maybe at school, um, our parents, you know, even if it's done in the most loving way, it's even if we've been very lucky and had really lovely upbringings, we're still subject to doubts um, and some sort of criticism along the way or, or looking at ourselves in a way which isn't always positive. Um, so, yeah, we, we all have them. And it is about just listening and identifying because all, our, all the time what we're doing is trying to look for evidence that actually reinforces what we believe. And so that's why it's really important for us to try and catch them and do something with them. Uh, yeah, so good. So good. And it's, it seems like this is just a guide just to life. <laughs> it could be used in so <laughs> many different applications yeah. And at no matter what season you are, you can always go back to this and and take some nuggets and apply it. I really like that term you use there, what season you are. So, you know, I think it does have genuine application at different stages in your life. And, and at different points in people's lives, they reflect on different things. You know, it may be your family when you're in your 20s. It may be being made redundant as you get older. It may be retirement. It could be your grandchildren or sorry, your <laughs> children fleeing the nest for the first time. And some of those things brings up moments when you need to try and reflect and look at how you make changes, your ability to change, your changeability. Awesome. And so now that you guys have taken all this research and compiled it and taking all these learnings that you guys actually done yourself and now you have this guide can you speak briefly on just how your life has changed for the better well for us well certainly for me i think i think i talked for both of us before all this happened i had a very good job. It has to be said, I had a good job. I worked for the government. I was involved in um, funding uh, education policy. So uh, developing the policy and also funding um, post-16, as we call it, education and training. And in a lot of ways, it was quite an exciting job. It was quite fulfilling. But it also involved me in an awful lot of travel. So I was driving a lot for my job. And then it came to a point where with the new government, um, the office where I was based was being shut down and I was going to need to move further afield with it. And in fact, the, off the new office was going to be 75 miles away from my house, so that would have been an extra 150 miles, plus I did a lot of other travelling already. So to cut a long story short, I decided this was one of the things that helped me decide that I wanted to make this change. So from spending a lot of my day and many, many hours a week, 50 or more hours a week, working full time, running around the country, always up and down to London, that sort of thing. I've gone from that to basically working from our office at home, <laughs> where um, which is amazing, I have to say. And um, it, gives, the, it gives you more time for yourself yeah. to do the things and to prioritize the things which are important to you. And I think for a lot of people, they lead enormously hectic lives and they are looking for um, taking charge of their lives in some way, uh, self-determining their lives. Yeah. And for us, this has been really, really important. We are able to work hard. We still work hard. You know, our business, we still have to work hard at uh, improving. Um, but we are able to do things when we want to do those things and step out if we want to take step out. 
We can take the dog for a walk if we want to. Yes. We can walk along the river. We can go go down to the river and jump in the river and have a swim <laughs> or go to the seaside, which is fairly nearby to us. And we can do all those things and come mm. back and then do our work at that stage. Yeah, we so, have those choices. Yeah, for us it was about we, we have much more flexibility uh, in our lives. I think that's really one of, one of the main things. And, uh, and just on a very simple level, which hopefully perhaps you know, some of your listeners might be able to relate to, um, we've got a dog, as, as I know you have as well. Yes. And it's just lovely. I mean, you know, we quite often had to wave the dog goodbye and you know, we, we were <laughs> yes. off out a fair amount. <laughs> and now we can take the dog out and we can just be with him. And, and that is a really important aspect for us. That was a, a real priority for us, wasn't it, in many ways? For us it was. And also... We wanted to find ways in which we could help other people. Yes. Which, which we were in jobs where we were doing that. It wasn't like, you know, uh, well, I won't say what I won't say we were in a job where we didn't help anyone because I think every job you're helping someone in some way. But we were in a job, a sort of uh, public job, if you like. Mm. So it wasn't about that, but we wanted to be able to do it in a different way, in a more sort of personal way and in a way that where we could, felt we could be more creative in what we were doing rather than sort of me answering to a government minister or something and trying so to you know, focus uh, government policy in a certain direction or work with head teachers of schools to get them to try and do what you know we wanted them to do. So it was about our own creativity. Self-control, self-efficacy self really, isn't it? But one thing I would say is that's just for us. But for other people, they might think working at home sounds hideous. You know, yeah. for somebody else. And for a long time, I did enjoy being part of a bigger team and, and, you know, really going for it and getting that next promotion and all that sort of thing. So I think it just depends on what your priorities are and what, and what, and what sort stage of, get, of life you are. And what well. gets you yeah. going as well. Because, you know, different people it's, suit different things. And I don't also want people to just think it's about big changes you know, it can be small changes. You know, somebody who says, you know, if only I were 10 pounds lighter, I'd feel, feel so much more happier or, you know, so that they can be small changes which people want to make as well as big ones. Oh, so true. And you make a really good point about these tiny changes having a big impact on your yeah. way of life. Yeah, definitely so. Yeah, they can, they can ruin people's lives. You know, one aspect, and you know, the mind, as what you were talking earlier about mind management techniques, but the mind tends to often focus on perhaps one aspect, and you have a whole series of things, and that's why some of Catherine's techniques like meditation and uh, affirmations are very useful, because they look at what you also have, as well as what you have not, which I think is important. So true. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to jump right into the lightning round and find out a little bit about your background and some things that helped you grow up. So stick around. Thanks. We'll be right back. Hey, Breakthrough Cocktailers. Let's face it. Staying competitive in this fast-paced world requires you to always be learning. However, taking in-person classes can be time-consuming and costly. Lucky for you, there's Udemy. Udemy is an online education marketplace that has thousands of courses from world-class educators. They have classes that will teach you how to program a WordPress site to classes on improving your happiness. Classes are very inexpensive, and more importantly, you can do them on your own time. If you're interested in learning more, go to BreakthroughCocktail.com slash Udemy. That's U-D-E-M-Y to see a few of our favorite classes. Also, since you're a listener of the Breakthrough Cocktail podcast, from now through September 30th, if you use the code BREAKTHROUGH-65 at checkout, you get 65% off your entire order. All right, and we are back to Breakthrough Cocktail. 
with uh, Jillian Catherine from Brilliant Living HQ talking about changeability. And now we're going to jump into the lightning round. So ah. <laughs> first set of questions. I asked all of my guests these questions, and I love to hear your answer. For both of you, what was the very first job that you had growing up? What was the first job we had? Yeah, first um, job. Um, first job I ever had was as a silver service waitress in a hotel in the town we lived. It was a part-time job. I was still at school. I was 15. And um, it, you learn a lot doing a job like that. It, the, I think everybody should work in a hotel when they're young because you meet so many different types of people you learn customer service or you hope you do anyway sometimes I have my doubts about some people here but yeah and I just think it's a great job to have and it was good fun as well my first was a, a, a paper round as a young boy I suppose that's probably a as a 11 12 year old I think that's probably when I first 11 started. yeah I think it was yeah I think it was I think that's it was child a, labor no I think it was about that maybe it was 12 or 13 it was it was around that around yeah. that job and then I think following that I worked for a short while at our local swimming pool I was in a, uh, I was what was poshly termed a basket room attendant and <laughs> also a, a lifeguard as well. I did a little bit of lifeguard duty. I had a bronze medallion in life-saving, so I did do a little bit of that. Oh, wow. And again, I think I would say that probably I learned some customer service skills along the way. Yeah, so paper round for us on this side of the pond, that's uh, uh, paper route, right? You delivered papers in the morning. Yeah, newspapers. Yeah, newspapers. Yeah, 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 yeah. A ridiculously early morning. Why do you like your early morning? You did another job didn't you where you had to get up early in the morning ah, yes, later on just for a short while uh, yeah. one of my jobs didn't work out and uh, I, I was then a milkman for about eight months so I did have some very early starts. do you have milkmen yeah we, we, we milk did I don't know if we still have milkmen no we don't milk really have, we have very few here now very few but I did do that for about eight months it was good <laughs> wow yeah that these are just so fascinating and you're right, they teach you valuable life skills. Yeah, uh, next question is, still in the young mind, what, when you were a kid, uh, a young kid, and we all dreamed about things that we wanted to be when we grew up, what was it for you? What did you want to be when you grew up, when you were a kid? I wanted to be a footballer. Oh, yes. <laughs> Soccer player, I think, would be uh, what yeah. you would say uh, on the other side of the pond. Uh, I, I wanted to be a footballer, and that's what I spent large amounts of my time playing football. I don't think I was particularly good at playing football, <laughs> if I'm honest with you, Gary. Um, I think if I look back on it, it's quite interesting. Um, I wish in many ways that I perhaps uh, paid a little bit more attention. My parents are both musicians, so I'd love to have played the piano. Um, but I so think you're learning now. I'm le yeah, absolutely, I am learning now. Uh, but I think perhaps in an environment where you had two fantastic musicians, uh, for a young person sitting down at the piano for the very first time, it was a little bit daunting when they were playing such fan fabulous things and you didn't. Yeah. So I think probably piano would have been something which I, I should have probably concentrated on. Cool, but you're um, picking it up it, now. Yeah, 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 he is, yeah. yeah he is. Um, for me, when I was little, I wanted to be an MP. Do you know what that is? A member of parliament. So, awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. And you are still really interested in politics. I am you? interested in politics. And I have been involved in local politics. I have been elected a few times as a local councillor. Um, so, yeah, I am interested in it still. But, yeah, I want to be an MP. And I think probably wanted to maybe be prime minister, really. But um, the Illusions other... Illusions of grandeur. <laughs> 
the other thing was um the other thing i wanted to be was julie andrews oh uh, yes <laughs> see i saw the sound of music when i was little Gary, and... <laughs> i have got a little inside tip here Catherine almost has been julie andrews she no. she hasn't actually been julie andrews but she has been the mother abbess in the sound of music <laughs> no so way. twice twice on two occasions wow and yeah. I've actually been Captain Von Trapp and I didn't even want to be that as part of when I was younger. That is awesome. And you speak of Julie Andrews. When my wife listens to this, she's going to be like, oh, oh no, oh no. Because Sound of Music <laughs> is one of my favorite musicals and movies. And you have impeccable taste, Gary. I, I love it. And in fact, I one day want, I told my wife uh, that when we have children and it's Father's Day, I would like to have a puppet show. The Von Ware family. Yeah. And she's saying, um, all right, so I'm going to have this little infant and I'm going to be up here doing all the puppets and stuff. So, yes, I, I love this sound of music. I hope you're going to get that as a Skype call at yeah, some stage. Yeah, I want to see that on YouTube. Yeah, definitely. We'll live stream it for everyone to see. Absolutely. Awesome. A uh, few more questions. The next question is, are, do you consider yourselves a morning person or a night person? I think we're diametrically <laughs> opposed here, Gary. I would say that I am a morning person, and I think... I am not. <laughs> I am definitely not a morning person. Catherine can go until two or three in the morning quite happily, whereas I run out of steam sort of a... About it, midnight. About midnight, yeah, usually. <laughs> uh, awesome. Yeah. And so, That's why I'm so uh, impressed with you getting up so early to do this, Gary. <laughs> I, like Gillian, I am a morning person as well, and yeah, I find that I do my best work in the morning, and then I start to lose steam around the same time as well. Um, no, I just, I mean, I don't actually get up that late. I don't like spend all morning in bed or anything like that, but it just takes me a while to sort of gear up <laughs> once I'm up. But then, I'm, and then it comes to the evening, and I just think, you know, oh, let's keep going. Yeah, great. <laughs> and so along those, uh, the same question is, do you have any morning rituals or evening rituals that you like to apply daily just to either help you get going or help you wind down? I'd say for me, it would be, we, I get up and I walk the dog. Uh, usually I meditate. Um, if I can, I will try and meditate. If, uh, if it's a nice day and I'm on the river, which is nearby us, I'll try and meditate on the river. Mm -hmm. If it's not a nice day, then I'll come home and I'll meditate. And then I usually try and get on with the things which are important to do for the day if I can do so. Mm. Mine's a sort of similar thing. I mean, I I, I get up and I, if I'm doing some exercise, I do that, which I don't do every day, like I should. Um, and then um, basically, you know, I have my shower and all that. And then when I'm putting my makeup on, I normally do a bit of singing <laughs> along. So uh, I might be doing some exercises or something like that. And then Sometimes I'll go for a walk as well and because I think it's really good to sort of, you know, get out there in the fresh air in the morning. And then, like Julian, a few minutes meditation, not long, maybe 10 minutes. Um, and then, yeah, then quite a few cups of tea in between. Nice. I have a tea ritual because I always start off my morning with um, green tea with some variety. And then I have Earl Grey tea sort of after that until the evening when I have PG tips or something normal. Are, do you have PG tips? I can't remember. Uh, no, but I like have a British friend that tips. loves it, so I know what it is. Yeah, right. just ordinary tea. <laughs> ordinary anyway. tea. English uh, breakfast. Yeah. Yes. So, 
Yeah. So, so my my um, routine is defined by what tea I'm drinking, <laughs> depending on what time of day it is. Makes sense. Great. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't say so much. We have an evening evening routine. I think it is very good to try and do a little bit of reflection on on the day. Um, but I'm I so I do try to do that. But um, it doesn't always work out like that. It just depends what we're doing. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, two more questions. The first question is. Do you have a quote or a series of quotes that you like to live your life by? It could be mantras or anything like that. Just something that helps guide you. I love the quote, um, feel the fear and do it anyway. I mean, it's sort of, I know it's the title of a book and all that. But Susan it, Jeffers. Yeah, Susan Jeffers. But it is like a quote and I use it as a quote. And I really like that because... We've all got things that we're afraid of doing. And every time you try and do something new or stretch yourself in any way, it's only natural that you're going to be afraid. And I'm not talking about feeling the fear in a sort of macho way. But I really love the fact it was Susan Jeffers, a woman, yes. who said this. Rather, it's not like, you know, getting out there and doing all macho things. It's just about every time we want to do something, it's a, we can feel afraid and I think that's fine and I think that's good. I mean, I, you know, like when I was doing this book, it is quite terrifying doing a book in a way because you, it's so exposing. You're putting yourself out there, aren't you? You're putting you? yourself out there and I had nights when I'd wake up in the middle of the night and think, what if nobody likes it? What if nobody buys it? What if everyone thinks it's horrible? What if people write me lots of horrible reviews and all that? And you just have to work your way through it, work your way through it and use it to sort of empower yourself and and get you into taking action rather than stopping you so don't be afraid feel the fear but do it anyway i think i would say i would probably go to william shakespeare for my uh, for my quote and the advice that polonius <laughs> gave to hamlet uh in, he is british you know yeah in the course. book in in the play hamlet and i think it's just a lovely piece of advice i mean uh, Shakespeare manages to sum up so much of the human predicament, but he said these words, and he says, "This above all else, to thine own self be true," and it's about being true to yourself and to who you are as a person. I don't think I've always achieved that, but I think it is a really good maxim to live by. Very true, and I totally agree. Um, last question for both of you is. If you can give our listeners one piece of advice that will help them find their passion and live an awesome life, what would that be? I mean, I, I think what I would say is first and foremost to think about what an awesome life would look like to your listener. If you don't know where you're going, how can you get there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> If, it, you know, you've got to sort of start, you know, you're, it's essentially it's a journey. It's a traveling from A to B. And you've got to take some sort of vision of what it is you want to achieve from your life. And I think there have been points in my life where I haven't done that. Early on, perhaps, when I'm young, you think the whole world is a, is a hair ahead of you. I don't necessarily need to plan for tomorrow. But I think, really, if you want to achieve things of meaning to you in your life, you need to sit down and really think about what those things are and what is important to you, and then go for it. Hell for leather. And what I'd say is once you know, once you decided what your awesome life is going to look like, my piece of advice, advice would be think to yourself, 
somebody who's already living that type of life, what is it that they believe about themselves? What and what is it that they're doing? And then go and tr- find a way to do that for yourself. Yeah. So such good advice. And yes, thank you. And before we close out, um, you know, feel free to take a moment, tell people how they can find you, uh, what to expect on brilliantlivinghq.com, just so we can um, have the readers go out and find you. Okay. Well, we'd love you to come to see our website at brilliantlivinghq.com. And there there's a um, contact page where you can sort of see how they can people could um, connect with us on Facebook and Twitter and all, all the usual places. Um, and when you get there, you'll find uh, a blog and you will also find information about different mind tools that we're, that we're developing. And the other thing is that we also have a changeability podcast um, and you can find information about the podcast and the changeability book at changeability.me okay um, if we want to follow us on twitter we are at brilliant living hq but living because of the limitations of how many letters you're allowed is spelled <laughs> l-v-n-g like without any eyes in other words uh, google uh, google plus you can do plus brilliant living hq facebook dot uh, com forward slash brilliant living hq do you want to that's probably it oh yeah. if you want to follow us individually i am on twitter <laughs> at julian illman and me at Catherine a bryant awesome and we'll have all those links in the show notes uh both of you thank you so much for coming on the oh, show thank, thank you gary and i yeah. really really wish you well with the with your podcast and i'm sure it will go from strength to strength you really really deserve all the credit you can get awesome yeah and i look forward to seeing all the awesome things with your podcast and to our audience have a great day and stay awesome thank, thank you. you and you as and well you. take care You've been listening to Breakthrough Cocktail. If you liked what you heard, be sure to visit www.breakthroughcocktail.com forward slash newsletter to sign up for the insider newsletter. As a subscriber, you'll get instant access to exclusive content and frequent doses of happiness. See you there. Until then, stay awesome.